Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast for developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my tools is one path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. If you want more love and less conflicts in your marriage, download my app today, Keep the Glow KTG, wherever you get your apps. Also, be sure to follow me on social at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. Today, I'm going to talk about an end-of-year review for your marriage. Do you do this? Most couples do not. We have an end-of-year review for all sorts of things, for our business, for our finances, for our health at times, but we rarely think of doing an end-of-year review for our marriage, and that's unfortunate because just like anything else in our lives where we want to set goals, we want to make progress, we want to track how we're doing, likewise, you want to have that same approach in your marriage. So I'm going to go through eight categories for you to be reviewing with your partner as we end the year so that you can be thinking about where you're doing well and where you need to improve. The eighth area that I would encourage you to reflect on is physical intimacy. How well are you and your partner doing with physical intimacy? There's several ways to talk about this. First of all, is it happening? Are you having physical intimacy? Are you prioritizing physical intimacy? Are you talking about physical intimacy? Are you approaching physical intimacy in a way that's going to work for both of you? Do you unpack your physical intimacy afterwards to see what you both enjoyed and what could be better? A lot of couples get shut down and they stop talking and communicating around the bedroom. But this is an area that needs to be opened up so you can both talk about what you prefer, what you don't prefer, what would enhance it, what turns it off. This is a vital area for your marriage because physical intimacy bonds couples together. It releases oxytocin in the brain, which is the love drug. It bonds you emotionally. It's going to make you feel tighter. It's going to make you feel closer. It's going to make you feel more connected. Therefore, it's a vital area for your relationship. So the question is, over the past year, how well has your physical intimacy been going? And what changes would you and your partner like to make moving forward to make it better. Number seven, sharing the workload. How well do you and your partner share the workload in your life? Adulthood takes a lot of work. If you include household chores, raising kids, managing all the bills, your actual work that you do, there's so much and it piles up. And inevitably, all that work tends to drift toward one partner more than the other partner for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's self-induced, Sometimes it's not, but there's a natural slide in a lot of marriages for there to be an uneven workload. And whenever there's an uneven workload, resentment creeps in because no one wants to feel like things are unfair. Everyone wants to feel like we're both contributing to this relationship roughly 50-50. We're both trying 50-50. We're both working 50-50 on average so that things feel fair. So the question here is how fair do you feel like the workload is in your marriage? Do you guys talk about this? Do you process it? Do you unpack it? Because again, a lot of us feel like things are unfair, but we don't talk about it. Because again, a lot of us feel like things are not fair. There's an uneven workload, but we're not communicating about it. We're not talking about it. And therefore it creates resentment. And it's important for both partners to say, yes, I feel like our workload is roughly even. Not just one, not just one partner can say that. You both have to be able to say that. Because obviously the one who's working less, they're more likely to say, yeah, I think things are fair. 
So that's why both partners need to be able to say the workload in our marriage is roughly equal and we feel like it's fair. Only then are you both going to feel good about the setup. The sixth thing to review on at the end of the year is how well are you and your partner sharing power? Sharing power refers to making decisions. Who calls the shots in your relationship on finances, on parenting, on household chores, on intimacy, on recreation? Who makes the decisions in your relationship? Does partner A or partner B or do you share power so that you both have an equal voice? Do you try to compromise? The art of compromise in a relationship is that both partners aren't getting exactly what they want. If one partner gets exactly what they want, that shows you're not compromising. And the key to compromising is understanding your partner's values and understanding your values on a specific topic where you're not seeing eye to eye. Once you can understand the values for both you and your partner, then you can start working with those values to strike a compromise, a middle ground that's going to honor some of both of your values. Only then will you strike a middle ground that you both feel good with. How are you and your partner doing sharing power? Talk to your partner about this. Ask them, how well do you feel like we share power on decisions? Do you feel like you have a voice? How well do you feel like I compromise with you? Those are some good questions to ask your partner as part of your end of the year review. Number five is recreation. To have a good marriage, you have to have fun together, but a lot of couples don't. The longer couples are together, the more they cultivate their own individual hobbies. And that's unfortunate because then before long, they feel like we don't really have anything in common. We don't really have any shared activities. We don't really have any shared hobbies that we can do together. So it's vital to have this. And research shows this as well, that when couples have shared hobbies that they both believe in and are interested in, it strengthens the bond. It strengthens the marriage because you feel like partners with your partner. So the question is, how have you and your spouse done over this past year cultivating shared hobbies for recreation? Maybe you've cultivated bowling together, maybe gardening together, Maybe you've bought a property and that's your, your project for the year and you both are enjoying fixing up the property. That's actually something my wife and I have just recently gotten into is we purchased a rental property for our two oldest kids who are going to college in the same town so we don't waste money on rent. And so this has become a huge project for her and I and we're digging in together. We're going to the property together to clean the windows, to sweep the floors, to put in new locks, all these things to rake the yard, to paint the walls. We're doing it together and we're both interested and it's bonding. I feel it when I'm sitting there painting the walls and I look over, my wife is scrubbing the kitchen sink. It's a sense of camaraderie that we're engaging in the shared activity together, the shared hobby. The recreation obviously can also be sports. So it could be basketball together. It could be swimming together. It could be rock climbing together. Anything that you feel like we share this interest and we do it together is helpful for your marriage. So how well have you and your partner done over the past year cultivating shared hobbies? Number four is emotional intimacy. How well have you and your partner nurtured your emotional intimacy over the past year? This is my tool, the head heart check. This is where you're going to talk about what you felt from the day, where it came from, were you mad, sad, glad, or fearful, and why. Then when your partner is sharing what they felt from the day, you only respond with empathy. This is where you really open up and nurture friendship. 
Because what do best friends do? They talk, they share, they open up, they engage. And if you want to be close friends with your partner, which is essential to a healthy marriage, you have to learn to open up. You have to learn to share. You have to learn to pull up that garage door of your soul and let your partner see inside of you. You have to nurture this special time for emotional intimacy. So the question is, how much have you been doing that? How much has your partner been doing that? Is that a growth area for your marriage or is it a strength? Review and think about emotional intimacy. How well have you been doing on that this year? Number three is affection. Relationships need affection. Skin-on-skin contact, just like Climax, releases oxytocin, the love drug in the brain. It bonds you together. And most marriages are made up of at least one partner who needs affection. It's one of their top fillers. So how much do you and your partner touch non-sexually? It's very important. And it can be all sorts of touches. It can be a touch on the shoulder. It can be a hug in the morning, a hug after work. It can be playing with your partner's hair while you're watching a program. It can be putting your hand on their leg while you drive down the road. It can be coming up behind them while they're in the kitchen and giving them a hug. There's all sorts of types of affection you can do, but don't assume you know what kind of affection your partner wants or doesn't want. You need to ask, you need to clarify, but relationships should be full of affection. Affection is a signal that we're not just roommates, we're not just siblings, we're not just business partners, We're lovers, we're married, we're partners, and you can tell because we touch each other a lot. Now, one of you may love affection, one of you may not, so that's another area to share power is how much should we touch, what's comfortable for both partners, but affection should be a regular part of your marriage to keep it healthy. So the question is, over this past year, how well have you and your partner nurtured affection in your relationship? Number two is quality time. How much time do you have with your partner? Now, before you start thinking, I don't have time for my marriage, I'm so busy, pull out your phone and look for the settings where it tells you how much time you've spent on your phone over the past week. And it's gonna give you your daily average as well. Look at that for a moment. You probably don't like what you're seeing because for a lot of people, when they pull out that daily average, it can say two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, people spend a ton of time on their phones. And then they say they have no time for their partner. That's ludicrous. Now, obviously there are gonna be seasons where you don't have time for your marriage because you're so crunched, you're working two jobs, you're going to graduate school, you're raising babies. There's gonna be those times, but you want those to be brief seasons. Since your marriage is alive, you need your marriage to have fresh air. It needs oxygen, it needs sunshine, it needs rain. And if you deprive it long enough, it will wilt and it will suffer. Because if you think about a fire, if you wanna keep the flame lit, you have to tend to the fire. So that's where quality time comes in. How well have you and your partner done over the past year nurturing quality time for your marriage? Have you neglected your marriage or have you put it first? You can tell by how much time you've been spending with your partner. I recommend having at least 30 minutes a day of undivided attention for just you and your partner, no screens, and then at least one day a week of a good three hours. If you're doing that, 30 minutes a day, undivided attention, plus a once a week, three hour date, that's a good chunk of time to be nurturing your relationship. So you have to do this. You cannot improve your marriage 
without spending quality time with your partner. And again, that means no kids, no friends, no family, and no screens. Just you and your partner connecting and becoming friends again and having fun together. That's what quality time is all about. Number one is resentments. How well have you and your partner done over the past year resolving your resentments? When was the last time you asked your partner, do you have any resentments toward me? I encourage couples to do this in their once a week marriage huddle where you take turns asking, do you have any resentments toward me? If your partner says yes, use my tool, the reunite tool. You can Google it and go through the flow, go through that structure of the reunite tool. The reunite tool is like guardrails when you go bowling to make sure the conversation doesn't go in the gutter. It provides safety so you can talk through these hard issues. When you have active resentments, everything else is going to come to a screeching halt. It's hard to go on dates with someone you resent. It's hard to have sex with someone you resent. So clearing the air with resentments is number one. And it's a maintenance item, just like a fish tank. If you have fish or if you've ever had fish, the glass gets nasty after a while. You have to remove the fish, the water, all the rocks, and clean the glass so that it's clear. That's just like resentments. Periodically, resentments start to build because marriage is made up of two imperfect people. So feelings get hurt, needs aren't met resentment builds. So periodically you have to check in. How are we doing with with resentments? Do you have resentments toward me? I have one or two toward you. We need to talk about it. Be proactive. Ask your partner about this because again, when you have active resentments, walls will be built. Intimacy will break down. So those are eight things to reflect on for the end of the year to see how well you and your partner have been doing. Where are your strengths and where do you need to improve for the new year? Number eight is physical intimacy. Number seven, sharing the workload. Number six, sharing power. Number five, recreation. Number four, emotional intimacy. Number three, affection. Number two, quality time. And number one, resentments. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Wyatt Show. Be sure to sign up for my free PDF on four steps to better communication. The link is in the description. You don't want to miss it. It's going to show you step by step how to open up your communication. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.